Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Now, on with the show. What was that? The roar shocker. More like it. It's like a a shocker, but with a bit more roar. We get the projector into it. Oh, are we starting? Yeah, I'm going to press the start button. Ready? Okay, go. Yeah. Timer. Ready, set, go. All right. Can you see it? I can. Welcome back. Hi. Welcome back to Reverse Psychology. Hi. Welcome back. The podcast you've been anxiously waiting for for six months. This is our Christmas present to you. Yeah. Sorry it's not wrapped. I'm... Who are you? Dr. Diana. Hi, Dr. Diana. Hi. Who are I you? am a licensed psychologist. Still. Board certified behavior analyst. Uh-huh. And... and one, one fun fact about you. I a doctor that has never delivered a baby. So Take are you that, really? Epstein. Yeah. Is that, was that his last name? Yeah. Man, that last name is cursed. I know. Don't be an Epstein. Yeah. That's all I have to say and about that. On that note, I'm Dr. Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dr. Mike. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. No, no board has said anything what about me. What makes you a clinical psychologist? I work in a clinic. Well, how come I'm not a... You don't work in a clinic. You work in a private practice. My degree was in clinical psychology. Yeah, but if I said licensed school psychologist, that would be very different because there's actually that thing, licensed school psychologist. Yeah. So what are you? I'm a licensed psychologist. Yeah. But there's no such thing as a licensed clinical psychologist. Yeah, there is. Well, we'll have this argument in the car. Yeah. (laughs) Save this for after the podcast. Save this for when we go in the car and fight. (laughs) What's been going on? Where have you been? Um... I've been in this room waiting for you for six months to come Aww. record this episode. No, actually, I've been in this room. I know. Because this is where I work now. Yeah, this is also where the cats BM. This is where I work. This is where new kittens have their litter box and mm. eat their food. That's disgusting. They eat in their bathroom. We don't shit in your pool. We don't... Yep, keep going. <laughs> we don't eat in your we toilet. Don't, so don't speed in our neighborhoods. <laughs> Drive like your Slow cats down shit your here. Slow down your kids live here. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I've been... Glad we're coming back fresh and tight. Yeah, I've been working. I've been WFHing from this office. That's what I've been doing mostly. I'm, you know, a professor of sorts. Of sorts. Of reels. My nose is running. I'm I'm worried that the entire episode people are going to (laughs) hear. Some people probably like that. I know. It's like ASMR, but nasally. And what have you been up to? You know, this and that and the other. Was I in my new job the last time we met? Um, the last time I've seen you, since I've seen you Since last? you've seen me, have you heard about my new job? Mm, no, mm, a little bit. Yes. What do, you, do you do something different now? I do. I Now I'm a general clinical psychologist in a private practice. I left the hospital. I went to work in a clinic, hence the clinical part. And yeah, I walk to work now, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I wave hello to all the neighbors. It's like a regular Mr. Rogers neighborhood. We have one car now. We have one car. We, we cut down. We cut down on emissions and we cut down on omissions. transmissions. We have to learn to cooperate. That is true. Our Saturdays are... Hot, hot ticket items. Yeah. Gl- I think this is why people have been anxiously waiting for us to come back. <laughs> <laughs> when do you need the car the most? <laughs> we tried this once before and we were too rusty. That's true. We have tried to record for you all, but it did not go well. No. It. We were too rusty. We are, got in an argument. We got into, we got into a fight. It's not a fight. Yeah, it's not a fight. It was a a, a lover's tryst. <laughs> quarrel. We got into will. a quarrel enough where words were said and <laughs> the and episode recorded. and the episode will 
only be released in a courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> but we figured, you know what? Let's wait a month. Let's cool off. Let's come back. Yeah. <laughs> I needed a long time we to come back. We needed one month that. exactly to cool off. And now we have a giant clock with a timer on it. And that's our compromise. Yeah. That way Diana can see how much is left. <laughs> I We are married. Yeah, don't, we, don't let people forget that. Yeah, we're, still, we're still married. Still married. We're still psychologists. Just we're still as sassy as ever. It's Christmas today. Merry, Cri- Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Our first episode is on Easter and this welcome back oh. episode is on Christmas. What does that say about us? We love religion. Also, I think I might have said this on the podcast before, but when people ask me, oh, what does your husband do? And I say, oh, he's a psychologist. And people are like, oh, I bet you have interesting conversations at home. I'm like, do we? Mostly it's like, who who farted? Yeah, it's always the cats. <laughs> now we have so many animals to blame it on. Yeah, we have really intellectual conversations at home about people's personalities and motives. Yeah. And also who farted. Who farted. It's, it's a... a it's a, it's a game you can play at home. It's a game you can play in the car. It's a game you can play in an elevator. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's great for everyone. All ages. All right. Well, how was how your Christmas been? Let's talk about... Um. Well, we're, we're going to talk about psychology. We are. But I want to I talk about a couple of gifts that I got. And then five minutes, I want to talk, oh, talk about psychology. I like that hard cut off. What did uh, you get for Christmas? What were, your, what were your top gifts? Top gifts. Top gifts. Because that's what it's about, is getting. <laughs> uh, swim parka. Swim park, huh? I've been swimming a lot and uh, at an outdoor pool and it gets cold in Florida in the winters. Yeah. Surprisingly cold. And so now I have a parka to wear put on yeah, in the before pool. and after. Okay. In the pool. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what else did I get that I really loved? Book, a new book. And I got some magazines and I got some clothes. I really, I really you, made out you a clean, score. You made out. Yeah. Mouthwise. With you. Yeah. That was my gift to you. <laughs> I wrapped it. Put tape all over my lips. You had to rip it off. <laughs> Have you ever done that before? Put tape in your lips? It hurts no. so bad. Okay. What did you get? I, so I, in all my categories, I got, uh, probably the best thing I got was a pair of socks with our dog's faces on them, which I'm terrified to wear because I don't want to wear them out, Aww. but I need to use them sparingly. Yeah. Uh, sweet pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wearing a MeUndies robe right yeah, now. Which not is sponsored. Not yeah. sponsored, but if they want to mail me another one, this thing is the tits. Another thing that I got is um, an erotic novel about, about <laughs> Chopin <laughs> that our, our friends Rachel and Logan gave me. Chopin's Echoes. Dr. Logan, you may remember. Dr. Logan and his wife gave me uh, an erotic novel to A read. lover's novel. And I think that for next year's Christmas, I'm going to write them an erotic novel. <laughs> what, job number five that you have now? I have a year. Okay. If I write right. 10 pages a day. That's what three thousand five hundred twenty pages. So this this novel is about uh, Chopin, who's a historical figure I can write an erotic novel about. Mm. Who would be like? Who would be a great erotic novel character? Um, probably Boris Yeltsin. Napoleon. Oh, what would we call that? Napoleon's Nethers. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> it's not that Ch- Chopin has this. It's not like a C word. You know, yeah, Chopin's. it doesn't have to be alliteration. Oh, it doesn't have to. Okay. No. Uh, All right. Well, we'll workshop this. Okay. And we'll get week back after to week, you. we're going to come back and I'm going to give an update about my erotic novel I'm going to write for my friends. I'm sure the one star review guy is going to love this. Yeah, so we have far. a couple one star reviews. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, it, thank you so This is a psychology podcast <laughs> for those of you who are just joining us. Back on topic. Uh, we, um, we're like, so incredibly touched and grateful to those of you who have reached out and asked if we were still alive and wondered how we were doing and asked for more episodes in a 
polite way and it's just been really heartwarming and touching and yeah, thank I you for uh, thank you for being our friends yeah thank you so much for yeah. being our friends or one-way friends. Yeah. No, and now it's two-way because you guys communicate with us. It's super, super sweet. So yeah. thank you so much. So that was really, we took a break and we got all these sweet messages and we were like, oh, well, now we're going to come back because we don't want to leave people hanging. Mm-hmm. We also just abruptly stopped. Yeah. Well, we kind of said it. You said, how long are we going to do this for? And then we didn't come <laughs> back been, the following week. I've been saying that since like week three. Yeah. It got to, you know, when something isn't. When you love it. When, yeah, when you do, when you're doing something and you love it and then you stop loving it, like it just became, felt like more of a chore and it just, want that. yeah, it's just because we were doing so much at the time and now we're, uh, we're making attainable and achievable goals for ourselves. We set a timer. I'm going to let Diana know what the topic is beforehand. Which you did. Which I did. Mm-hmm. And it has to get approval. You told me as we were turning on the microphone. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think oh, it's a, I had a choice of whether to approve it or not. It's a work in progress. Okay. Well, now we know how to get better for next time. Okay. I have some feedback for you. Thank you. Who farted? Right now? (laughs) Uh, I think it's Zoe because she's trying to bury something on the couch. That's that came from. Sometimes we quote ourselves from other parts of our lives. Oh yeah. We were at a restaurant once, and Mike wanted to give the waiter feedback. The whole restaurant smelled like farts. (laughs) The feedback. I have a piece of feedback for you, sir. Who (laughs) farted? This feedback comes in the form of a question. Yeah. All, all good feedback comes as a question because it really gets them to think. Cool. So uh, so what are we going to talk about? Or is it okay now to yeah, talk about? Yeah. We're Do at- we, we don't have any like reviews. From- no, I think Wait, let's just start let's fresh. Let's just start over. Start fresh. start fresh. Yeah, start fresh. Yeah, eat fresh and eat start fresh. fresh. Yeah. You know, there's a vacuum for sponsorship with Subway. Ever since their last year. I don't really want to be sponsored by Subway. No. Every Subway has a very smells. distinct smell. No, the smell's the same. That's what I'm saying. It's distinct. When you, if you work there and a friend that worked there. And oh, your skin is stained. Yeah. For years after. Yeah. Did you, you know that that back. bread is actually just sponges? <laughs> okay. Okay. On to psychology. So I, I wrote a list of topics I wanted to talk about. Oh, Not just for today, just for, for life. And I found that a bunch of them started the same way. Okay. <laughs> That's going to go in their litter box. You're about to hear the sound of a little kitten digging a monster duke. So uh, every every question... <laughs> the air smells heavy now. <laughs> every every topic started with the same, same thing of what's the deal with. So this is going to be my uh, my first in a long series of Seinfeld-esque topics. Uh, but this week it's... What's the deal with the Rorschach? Let me ask you a question. Oh, I, well, I acted surprised, but I actually knew it. Was that surprise? Did that? Did I feign surprise? Oh, <laughs> it's like oh, what? All right. So what's up? What is the deal? So what do you know about the Rorschach? Have you remember? I had a friend that thought this is not the Rorschach. Okay. But I had a friend that thought that quesadilla meant what's the deal? Yeah. So quesadilla the Rorschach. <laughs> um. That's a T-shirt. Where are you have asking ever, me? Have you ever done the Rorschach before? Nope. You haven't? No. Why would I? Because. I didn't learn. I didn't. I only learned one projective test. Uh, That's not true. Maybe two. Uh, How much do you learn? Well, I guess some people take classes. I was going to say, how much do you learn versus you have someone throw a manual at you and say, this is how you interpret it? At one point in my career, I was teaching a personality class and they gave me the old syllabus and it was one entire semester of just uh, the Rorschach and I asked the department if I can make modifications and they're mm-hmm. like yeah go for it and so I did zero weeks of the Rorschach <laughs> and then I was not asked to come back 
Turns out they really love the Rorschach. Uh, but bef- let, let, let's talk a little bit about it. And we'll we'll fill in the blanks and we'll, we'll, we'll come up with what's the deal with it. So you want me to say what I know about what it? What do you know about it? Okay. You go first. Um, I know it's a projective test. What does that mean? That means that you extrapolate a lot out of a little bit. So like you show someone something or you have the... A, it's a group of tests that basically is like you have a surface level thing that you do that then demonstrates something much larger about you um, personality wise or characteristic wise. So with the Rorschach in particular, you look in an ink plot and you say what you see. And then the person writes it down and then says, hmm. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Oh. But another type of projective, maybe we could talk about, you know, in another episode, different types of projectives. But another type of projective is like a draw a person test or a house tree house person. Tree person, yeah. Or tell a story about this picture. Oh, I love that one. I'm going to pull out the themes. I just remember like one of the scoring criteria for draw a person. You literally just give someone a piece of paper and you say, draw a person on this. One of the scoring criteria is like, how much of the paper did they fill up? Yeah. If it's like a lot of the paper, then there's like certain characteristics associated with that you might be psychotic or yeah when i do it i use more than the paper i (laughs) i draw outside the paper that's a sociopath right there yeah 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 so yeah so the rorschach i i honestly they're ink plots and they are symmetrical and they used to be just in black and white now they're in color i i know nothing else so you, you said it's a projective test what what's the alternative to doing a projective uh, like just to get the full range of like what a, an assessment could look like. When you're doing a projective, you're looking at like personality, social, emotional characteristics of the person, like coping skills, things like that. Yeah. So other things you could do would be like actual, like empirically validated tests. Yeah, that's that's what I was like thinking like of. Like interviews or, or assessment measures. Yeah, yeah objective. So, yeah, so the, the Rorschach... A psychological test that looks at people's perceptions on ink blots and then they're analyzed. What do they think it does? Is that a question? A word? What do they think it does? <laughs> Is that a question? I hey, I have a question. Was that they a question? Think it does. What do they think it does? Wait, uh, who? Was the guy who created it was named Rorschach. Is that why it's called that? Interestingly, okay. uh, no, he's the guy that made it popular. So, have you ever seen a picture of Rorschach? The the dude. The dude. Does he look like an ink blot? He legit looks exactly like a young Brad Pitt. Really? Super hunky. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, I have not. Uh, so the thought is that it can uh, detect early thought disorders. And that was actually like the original look at it. it was like thought disorders and schizophrenia. But now it's applied to just a whole uh, shit ton of stuff mm-hmm. like personality and IQ and blah, 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 blah. The use of inkblot style test dates back all the way to da vinci so it's Mm. been like a really popular thing to do for a really long time the rorschach specifically used to be a game in the mid 1800s called gobo links which is basically you would get these um like pieces of paper and ink and you would place dots and fold it over and then you'd play the game of people trying to guess what the picture is do you know what the picture is no i think it's like there's no real good date information it's like what's that game where you look at something and then everyone fills something out and then you pick the funniest answer kind of like that it's like a apples to apples yeah it's like a early cards against humanity kind of yeah yeah. where like a bunch of Only people play dirty a bunch of people go for like the, the low-hanging fruit we're like it's a penis <laughs> and then your one weird friend is like it's a pile of old squirrel bones <laughs> so uh so yeah so it was it was a game for a very long time and like an art style and uh 
as a hunky Swiss child, Herman Rorschach, mm. uh, he enjoyed playing with these ink blots and playing Gobel Links with his his peers. Uh, I saw some article that said that he he was so well known as a child for playing with them that the kids called them clecks, which is Swiss for ink blots. Oh. I, I don't know if there's any citation for that or yeah. anyone that's coming out to say that, but I love that someone's like, no one's going to fact check this. I'm just going to oh, hey, blot. Hey, ink blot. Get over here. <laughs> Give me your francs. Because <laughs> they're Swiss. So as a medical student, Rorschach studied under Eugene Bueller. Do you know who that is? Wait. He was he was uh, in graduate school, psychology graduate school? He was in... Uh, psychiatry medical school okay and this is before psychology was a thing mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so he studied under, under bueller B- bueller bueller did you have you ever seen that documentary ferris bueller his day, his off? day off yeah that yeah. was an early look at he later uh, taught rorschach but he also taught a little man carl carl young a little man <laughs> he, no he was actually a super tall dude freud was a little man Okay. Rorschach and Young studied from the same guy, and the same guy was super influenced by Freud. Mm. And so, Rorschach. Oh, right. A lot of this is very like internal processes, like, what's going on, sexual mother stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what, they, what, it's, what it says right here. <laughs> they started doing these uh, productive tests because this whole theory was we have unconscious things that we just like are too damaging for us. And so we use these projectives to kind of trick ourselves into Mm. revealing it. So it's like, Mm. you're not going to come out saying you want to kill your father. But if I show you this ink blot, you're going to say, it looks like me killing my father. Mm -hmm. And there's a one-to-one correspondence between what you say and actually what's going on inside of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh Yeah. Yeah. That's the fun part about this. That's why it's so easy. It's, it looks like two salamanders kissing. (laughs) Like, oh, this person has two salamanders inside of him kissing each other. Mm-hmm. So Rorschach, while he's getting trained, uh, learned about Freud's verbal association stuff. So Freud had this test where he would say words mm-hmm. and then he would measure your responses. So he, let's do it really quick. Uh, door. Mat. Knob. Bat. Cat. Sat. Block. Fat. Penis. Mom. Mom. Dad. Penis. Dad. Dad. <laughs> Dad. See? You got me. Perfect. I got you. You got me. Oh, so Rorschach saw that and he's like, that's super horny. Uh, what if we did that with pictures? And so he took this old game and tried to apply it the same way Freud was. So what you're saying is like, it's a real like scientific process of coming up with this. No, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> okay. 1921, Just... uh, he took like hundreds of these ink blots. And ink blot took these ink blots. Ink old inky blot <laughs> took the ink blots into a psych hospital and then he gave them to 300 patients okay and, so only tested on a and 100 controls population. oh uh-huh who are the controls um my guess if i've ever seen any studies from 1921 they're like men openly smoking inside and wearing suits hmm. probably probably white men who are middle-aged uh and i'm guessing the 300 mental patients are all like grass smokers and housewives this oh. is the 20s okay so he gave um he gave hundreds of these ink blots and then of these hundreds he was like yeah these 10 seem to be doing it and so he wrote a book called uh, psychodiagnostic but the twist is diagnostic is spelled t-i-k which is super cool isn't that I mean, just a language thing i think so but it looks really cool so every other letter is correct except how did for the he K. decide on the 10 that he kept because they felt right I mean, didn't he have any data? Did he say, like, these are the ones that seem to elicit the most? I th- my read of it is that 
on observation and reading like the qualitative data, those were the 10 where it was the most consistent where the mental patients and the non-mental patients answered differently. Hmm. Which is interesting because that means there's like 190 of them that people answered the exact same. You know what? The the interesting thing about being a psychologist and telling someone you're a psychologist is that um, people go, oh, what are you reading my mind? <laughs> and, I'm, and then I'm like, well, do you think that I said psychic or? Yeah. That, that, yeah, you go. <laughs> okay. Um, but this kind of makes me think like, yeah, this is why we get this reputation. Because it's like, look at this thing and you're going to say what you're thinking. And then I'm going to know what you really are like. Yes. And this is what frustrates me because I feel like people think psychology is more mystical than it is. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the stuff that really right. gives us a bad name because... Right. I've had a lot of people come in. They're like, I want you to like, tell me why I'm doing this. Like, mm-hmm. you know better than I do. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't fucking know better than you do. Mm-hmm. Or people are like, there's something inside of me. Why I act this way. And it's like, well, you have a short temper. No, no, there's me. There must be something I'm repressing. I need you to do mm-hmm. a projective. So I know it. Um, one time I was, when I, I started a job at a hospital years ago and I was in this like big town hall with the president of the hospital and I was up front and the guy walked up. He's like, my man, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a psychologist. He's like, psychologist, me too. He, and I'm like, I don't think you are a psychologist. I think you're an internal medicine doctor. And then he's like, he's like, psychologist. All right, my man, read my mind. Tell me what I'm thinking. And I was like, oh, this man thinks I said psychic. And I was like, I can't. He's like, ah, me neither. <laughs> and I was like, I, I'm not going to stay here for very long. And I didn't. So that study happened in 19... 19- what was he? He was the president of the, of the hospital. Was he a psychologist? No. I don't understand anything about that. I was so confused. <laughs> Nothing about that story is helpful. Yeah, imagine being there, being <laughs> me, just trying to get by. That, that study happened in 1921. 1920. That story? That story of a study. Oh, okay. 1922, Rorschach dies. Oh, he's young. But young. Young. He's Carl Young. He is Carl Young. That's the twist ending. Uh, I've never seen them in the same place at the same time. Hmm. Uh, so he died in 1922 before the book was even published. Oh. And so for a very long time. Sorry. Was it? Nothing. Okay. So for a very long time, the Rorschach wasn't super popular, wasn't really used that much. And then uh, 1927, I want to say, uh, the book got purchased by a publisher and got actually published. From then on out, people like, aggressively tried to revalidate the inkblot test. So it was just one. It was the beginning one study that he wrote a book about one study they wrote a book about and then he died before he could publish it fun fact he was super super vocal about how the inkblot test that he was developing he was only trying to use it to test for schizophrenia Mm. and he was very vocal that it should not be used as a projective personality assessment Mm. and he's like there's a published book of his correspondence with people and like in every single one of them he's like oh by the way never use this to test for personality it's not how it's used um no we should probably have said this up front but we ha- we are very biased yeah we don't like the Rorschach we and you know we both neither of us came from programs that taught it valued it in any trained in it I've done it before I just don't well, like it but why don't you like it I and this will be a little preview at the for the end part but I don't like it because it there's so much bias in it mm-hmm. and it's not reliable or valid so right so it's this very subjective test with not Super a lot subjective. of like not a lot of psychometric backing and I've seen I've seen it used in ways that are like very questionable and mm-hmm. iffy in ways that maybe like I remember one time I was training in a child psych hospital that children were the patients not the doctors and uh my 
supervisor asked me to give the Rorschach to this kid. And it's it seems to be a popular thing to give children these projectives because kids often don't answer straightforward things, but they are more likely to be like, let's play a game. Let's look at these pictures. And I will say some projectives tend to be helpful with ki- with children. Like there's one where you, you show a picture and you ask them to tell a story. Mm-hmm. It is interesting because like the story is supposed to have like a beginning, a middle and an end. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times for kids with like real bad problem solving skills, they'll be like, Bobby came home. His toy was broke. And then you're like, all right, then what happened? He's like, Bobby cried. But then there's like no solution to it. Yeah. So you can get a good picture of their thought process that way. Sure. But there is this one kid and I gave the Rorschach to him. And in like a couple of the ink blots, he said that he saw pumpkins. And one of them, he's like, this one looks like a ghost. And then I, I was documenting everything and I scored everything. And I was like, this kid's fine. And my supervisor was like, I am really, really concerned with your abilities because you're missing classic Mm. psychotic pathologies, themes of ghosts and spookiness. And I was like, it's, it's October 29th. Like it is almost Halloween. This kid is nine and everything on the, on the unit is Halloween themed. He's like, yeah, but you know what? The test doesn't lie. And this Mm. kid is psychotic. Well, so that's, that goes back to my point of, I was taught in my program and, uh, subscribe to the belief that when you're making high stakes decisions about people, so diagnoses are really high stakes decisions or like educational placement is a high stakes decision, that sort of thing. You want to use the most reliable tests available. Yeah. Maybe we could talk about reliability another day. That would be, be good fun. One. That'd be super fun. Let's make it fun. Yeah. We'll just like fun it Let's up. Make a day of it. Yeah. So you can see sort of how this test might not be something we want to use. Well, let's talk about what the test looks like. Like what the, the, the procedure looks like. Okay. So let's say I am the tester uh-huh. and you're, you're my testies <laughs> so you it's funny because there in the manual for how to administer it there is a lot of like vagueness and leeway unless you're looking at where you sit in relation to the person you're testing it's like person you test faces the table at a perfect 90 degrees mm. and three inches from the table you sit to the right hand side mm. three inches behind their ear line it, it's just you like, sit behind them you, you sit to the side and behind them. Oh, I didn't know that. Nor- and a normal, not, no, I was going to say normal. Usually when you're testing someone, you sit across from them or side, like at the side of a table or they're sitting yeah. at the end. Of, anyways. So this was done as a response to people saying that there's a lot of bias in the administration. Oh, like you're, they're reading your facial expressions or something. Yeah. Like if they say, oh, this looks like uh, a ghost and you like look really scared. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, never mind. Maybe a friendly ghost. <laughs> and so, yeah, the, it's because they're like, oh, this test has a lot of questionable validity. I know how to fix this. Sit behind the person. Mm. <laughs> now do it. Take yourself out of it. Take take yourself out of it. So you you sit behind them. You rest your chin on their right shoulder and you no, whisper you the instructions for their. <laughs> now I want you to look at the ink blot. So, anyways, there's ten cards. Uh, each one has perfect symmetry. Mm-hmm. Five of the cards are black and white. Five are in color. Oh. I thought, okay. So there's only 10. I thought when I looked at it, well, maybe it was the same ones. Never mind. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so you go through each 10 and you say, uh, tell me what you see on this card. And then the people look at the card and then they tell you. And then after the 10, the tester goes back and then essentially asks for more details for each one. So I was like, oh, for on this one, you said it was two old timey weightlifters curling two 
uh, baby birds. Where, where did you see that? <laughs> and you basically ask them to point out specific things like, oh, I see it right here. And then um, ask for more details. How do you know what to follow up with? There is now... Like cues. Yeah. So there's a very thick manual now. It's, mm-hmm. It is ridiculous. And that's also part of the problem with it not being super reliable. Mm-hmm. It is so cumbersome to administer. And the degree in which you have to be trained to get reliable is so so high hmm. that's just like hard to obtain the course that i taught that I, the course that i was supposed to be teaching that i apparently just didn't teach at all i was supposed to be teaching a like a six-month course which would then get people ready for the actual training for the roshock so it's like a it's like a two-year process to get like mm. certified for a thing that like has doesn't exist the, yeah the thing that's not super reliable in the first place so yeah i wonder how they came up with the training standards for that because it, like it's not like you're training to reliability right like you're yeah. not training someone to a standard like when you do the ados training the autism yeah, diagnostic standard. observation skills um which is a the gold standard for autism assessment there's a bunch of little activities within it and then you rate with someone who's already reliable until you get reliable with them so it, it's just interesting that there's so much to, I don't really understand what you are training on necessarily. But the other thing I wanted to say about querying, 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 is that a lot of tests come with queries. So like um, if you're giving an IQ test, for example, and you're asking questions, the manual might say, let's say they say this thing in a response to your question, it might be in the manual. If they say this query, yeah. ask them like what type of birthday party or what, I don't know, yeah. something like that, where there's very specific things that you have to query. Yeah. Um, that, the Rorschach manual is like that, except every card has a subheading. So it's mm-hmm. like, if they reference aquatic animals and it's like 20 or 30 aquatic things, like if they reference sports and it's like all these things. So essentially here's, here's how it would look. So I'm going to show you a Rorschach picture. Okay. And since we're in the same, I feel like I listen to a lot of podcasts these days where people are Skyping with each other because they don't live together. So like you'd be like, I'm going to send this to you via Skype or email or whatever. But since we're in person, Mike's just turning his computer around. I'm turning it over to you. Okay. So what do you, tell me what you see in this card. A pelvis. A pelvis. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now pretend that we've gone through nine other of these pelvises. All right. (laughs) Now, Diane, I'm going to ask you a question. Where Where do you see a pelvis in this? It's, it looks exactly like the pelvic bone point point to where you see a pelvic the entire bone. pelvic bone so uh what race do you think this pelvis is are you serious yeah that's a question i, I just asked it it human all right so i'm seeing defensiveness in this in this participant okay um <laughs> is that really a thing no, no oh. they're not going to ask you what race is the pelvis that's an old-timey one you would do that 10 times and then they the would, same one the same one same <laughs> same pelvis i was gonna originally just pull up a picture of a penis and show it to you but i really don't want that on my computer Oh, sure. That's the thing you don't want on your computer? I don't want to Google just the word penis. I'm worried about what would come up. Do you want me to, do you want me to Google it? No. Do, I... do, you, do you dare me to Google it? <laughs> no, I don't dare you. Guys, it sounds like she's daring me to do it. So anyway, so in theory, you're testing for things like your motivation, your response tendencies, your cognitive operations, your interpersonal perceptions. There's like a million things that they're pulling from you it's saying so that's a pelvis. culturally driven too, though. Yeah. So it's that's so one big situationally thing. and culturally driven. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. And like, I can imagine if you, if you live in a place that is cold and snowy, like you're going to see different things than yeah. if you live in a place that's warm and tropical. Or if you're in a country with no no pelvises, you're going to say something else. Or like maybe you've seen a skeleton before. Yeah. Like you might 
have a better understanding. I don't know. I just, there's so much. Yeah. So you're scored on certain things like content. So what themes are you going towards? Like you went with bones, bone themed. So you could have, (laughs) if you had said things like, um, like, oh, that's a, that's a boulder. It'd be like a nature theme versus Mm -hmm. if you're like, oh, that's a pile of fire. It's like a fire themed. It's a good band name. Yeah, it is. What was the other one we came up with today? I don't remember. Uh, mother's mama's, hips. Yeah, mother's hips. <laughs> mama's hips. Mama's hips. Mama's hips. Uh, also, location. So, are you using the whole picture versus portions of the picture? Right. So that actually that piece derives from the old version of testament. the of the te- yeah the old testament, um, the old version where they're looking for schizophrenia, and so mm. it has a lot more to do with can you integrate the whole image together but versus pieces of it. also like brain injury stuff. Right, yeah. Like, it, yeah, that seems more like legitimate for someone who has like a like, ca- like corpus a, callosum is not is not intact. Yeah, some damages. Yeah. Like it, th- coming this fall, damages. Uh, and also how, how many how many details and determinants are you giving in this? So like, oh, I can see this little pierce right here and blah, blah, blah and all those things. Okay. Um, so usage, what do you think about usage? Uh, can you be more specific with your question? Is, is, do you think this is still in use? Do you see this in the wild? I have seen, I recently saw a report, a psych report for one of a, one of the kids I work with that had a Rorschach on it. Oh, the yeah. person administered a Rorschach to them. And what do you think about it? I skipped right over it. Skim, 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 skip, skip, skip. Mm-hmm. I, there, it gave me no, it, it honestly did nothing for me. It gave me no more information than I could have found without it. Yeah. So yes, I think people still people absolutely still use it. Yeah, it's pretty popular to use still. It's um, I feel like in a lot of ways it's like a one of those. <laughs> I don't want to get in some hot water with people that we know, but I, I feel like it's one of those things that is like like you were saying before. It's like magical. Like <sighs> I know how to administer and score this. Like I see more than you see. Yeah, and dead people. <sighs> um, no, I just feel like there's like a sense of pride with some people like can give it. Yeah. And if you're one of our listeners and you do give it um, and you don't agree with us, we always tell you this, just, you know, send us a friendly email or you probably stop listening by this point. Yeah. Or but, give us a one star review and be really mean about it. <laughs> or just like, let's debate, you know? Yeah. Let's chat. Yeah. We'll determine who's the master debater. I think for like parlor games, it could be a fun thing to do. I could be fun to do for a, for a diagnostic psychological test. evaluation. It's yeah. not yeah. helpful. I have, I've done it as a psychological test when I was in training because it was something I had to do. Uh, one, oh, tit? Yeah. Test and training? Test and training. Uh, so I did, I did it as a tit, but I also did it as a tat. And when I was in private practice years ago, I found that one interesting thing is like when you're doing assessments in the private world, you have to get, often you have to, ask the insurance company if they can pay for the test you're doing. Yes. And every test has a certain amount of time, blah, blah, blah. And so I wrote up a, like a, a list of tests I was going to do for someone. And most of them were not accepted. Um, like things that were very empirically supported mm-hmm. and agreed upon. So I wrote back a response and I was like, well, here's all the evidence that these are the best ways to test for this. And the person wrote back and they were like, well, I'm unaware of these things and would feel more comfortable with you using. And they only listed the Rorschach. Yeah, it's and bad. I tended to find that if I put it on a battery, it always got approved. And if I put most other things on there that are more modern and more useful, almost every time it got rejected. And yeah. so there is this 
like historic element to it where there's enough people that were brought up with it being like the gold standard that are now in the position of mm. approving tests. Maybe it is a generational thing too. I think, and I think it's dying out because I, the school that I was teaching for, I was talking to the stu- uh, my TA about it who took the class when it was like pure Rorschach. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, it's, it's so much better now that like, you're teaching other assessments mm-hmm. that are more modern. And I was like, why was it ever like the Rorschach? And he said that the chair of the department, which probably why I was never asked to come back, the chair of the department was a guy that was very big in the, the Rorschach. Mm-hmm. And every year, someone in faculty would bring up changing the curriculum to be more modern. And he would always like unilaterally swat it down saying like, "What this is the gold standard, this mm-hmm. is the gold standard. Interestingly, um, over uh, 75% of graduate programs still teach the Rorschach. I, uh, yeah, I guess I'm not that surprised. Wait, 75% of what kind of, graduate programs uh, clinical uh, psychology yeah. the clinical psychology programs teach the rorschach but uh recent survey 43 uh, percent of the psychologists still use the rorschach in the united states uh which is interesting because it's actually very unique to the united states it's oh. very rarely done in the uk uh the huh. uk the general consensus in the uk is uh it's not very trusted and it's very rarely used wow that's um, interesting it had a minor uh, resurgence in japan hmm. but now it's actually a really popular party game in japan it oh got, yeah it got, it got like packaged as a game so all the ink blots are there and you basically like play psychologist and that's cute give the game i i feel like i would gladly own like a packaged rorschach game we also talked about having having the plates just as uh artwork artwork they're very pretty they're really pretty yeah i like like classic uh, psychology stuff. Yeah. Like I want to get a tattoo of the uh, Freud. Uh, it'd be cool to have like a Freud cartoon, but like the um phrenology head. Yeah. I'd like to have that. Okay. A real lumpy skull. All right. Big question is, and I feel like the big question is anti. Uh, like, like a good research article. <laughs> we have. Who are you, my dad? <laughs> dad, you have to think. Uh, like a good research article, which this podcast is long form of. How many? Uh, how many articles? How many peer reviewed research articles are there about the, the Rorschach? Like, if you just j- type it in a Google Scholar, I'm looking up right now. People, 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 people. Ninety three thousand results of articles that reference the word Rorschach. Yeah, and that, that might not since 2020 be about necessarily, but. I mean, like, it might just have, like, it might just be an article about, like, why they didn't use the Rorschach or... Yeah, this is not the best way to look at it. It's interesting. There's one from 2020 using the Rorschach to differentiate between unipolar and bipolar depression. Wow. It's like, that seems like not the best way to assess for depression. Much better to look at, like, a history or, like, a timeline. Yeah. Like, there's some really good questionnaires that are highly reliable looking at those outcomes. This says that uh, the cognitive profile for bipolar depressed oh. patients was more impaired than the cognitive profile of unipolar depressed patients, meaning that the Rorschach is acceptable. Where, where the fuck was this published? And that is interesting. Oh, this is a French article. It's interesting too, because you, would n- you wouldn't say that about a, a test based on one study only. Yeah. Yeah. This is not, this is not a good study. Also, like even the looks like in a very cursory glance, even the published the accuracy of it is not better than other tests. That's the big that's the big issue too with the Rorschach that I have is that even if the accuracy on certain things is good or acceptable, the cost 
like it's a super expensive test to get trained in and a super expensive test to own. Mm-hmm. Like the cost, and the time to give it, yes, and administer it, and to and score, score it. and the risk of being inaccurate. It's the cost is so high mm-hmm. for something you can do so much cheaper and much more effectively. Yeah, it yeah. just seems so like it just doesn't seem like a good way to like oh i could either cook an egg on the stove or i could drive my car on the highway super fast and then stop really quick and then pop the hood and put the, put an egg on the engine and cook it that way too it's like maybe but it's probably easier just to use the stove have you ever made hot dogs on your dashboard is that a euphemism <laughs> euphemism yeah uh no it's just something you can do on long car rides oh no i've never done that I mean, hot dogs are pretty much cooked already but yeah, that doesn't seem like a big if you're parlor like, trick. No, but like if you're in the hot sun and you're driving for a long time, you can just pop one right up there, heat it up, mm. put, slap it right into a bun. Road dogs. Road dogs? <laughs> Have you actually done this? Yeah. Man, I'm learning so much about you today. <laughs> so, I feel like... What? Uh, what were you going to... What do you I, feel like? I was... Not, I wanted to see what the published reliability and validity of it is if we have access to that but perhaps we don't i don't have it on hand i do have some interesting okay findings though um generally poor validity as a, a projective test um despite every handful of years they update the scoring system to become much more complex mm. uh there's a there's still a very wide latitude for interpretation and so there's still a lot of like the assessor is guiding it it's not it's not like a like a fill-in-the-blank questionnaire where there is no user interpretation or flair it's like oh you said a fish point out where the fish is oh that's good like how about this part and you like you're guiding it so mm-hmm. it's um also low or reliability just overall like if i give it and you give it we're likely to get very different results from the same person mm-hmm. interestingly it's at least for the longest time, it was most popularly used in the legal system. So like for oh, custody right, hearings right, right. Mm-hmm. and like court cases court that cases. are about like, is this person temporarily insane? Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of legal rulings saying that, that the Rorschach can't be used in court anymore. Oh, huh. So uh, 1997, Jones and Apfel uh, found the Rorschach does not meet the requirements as a standardized, reliable, and valid test. Wow. Uh, 2001, U.S. versus Battle said the Rorschach doesn't have an objective scoring system and therefore it can't be used as a, a reliable test. What were these court cases about? Like, were they... My guess is that these weren't the, the rulings of the case. They They were like the findings throughout the, so i'm guessing that the rorschach was used right and then someone it, argued against it and said it's not valid and then the judge said all right i'm upholding that we can't use the rorschach in this test so so over the years it has been less and less likely to be brought up as evidence mm. or used used as evidence which also just shows that it's not like it's not the best. what a disconnect between what the science and the world says and what insurance companies will approve oh that's so common yeah too. i know it, yeah insurance companies live to not pay that's mm. why we need, the truth. we need medicare for all Mm. socialist i mean it's not the worst thing <laughs> i know people use that as a bad word yeah it's not a bad word Mo- we have a lot of programs that are quote-unquote socialist programs the va the va the social security the national park system <laughs> the fire department the police department they're all socialist <laughs> okay are you done are we are we gonna talk more about the Rorschach? no that's it oh we, we ended yeah we ended it see that like like any good <laughs> enterprise it's over before you know it <laughs> what are your thoughts about it what are your what do, what, wa- what do you want future budding psychologists to know about the rorschach well i actually i really wish that it's one of those things that i know a little bit about and it's probably i don't give it i will i won't give it ever but i just wish i knew more about it you know yeah just to like have 
something more to say about it. I mean, I learned a little bit through this. I'd like to know the overall reliability and validity. The one thing I'll say is that um, for every test out there, you're supposed to renorm every so often. So what renorming means is you give it to a sample of people in the country you're administering it, and you make sure it matches the demographic, like the census data, basically. So you break yeah. up into like racial and ethnic, whatever. So it reflects the the, the national population. And you have people administer the test all over the country, and then you kind of re-standardize it. So, you know, that's a whole... Whole bag of worms. It is. And it's, um, you know, it's something that that tests are supposed to do, test publishers are supposed to do every so often just to keep the results and like what you're comparing the scores to when you get us when you test a kid or you test an adult, like you're comparing it to a national norm. So you should be renorming, but I wonder how often they're renorming it and like what that looks like. I don't even think there are norms established. Oh, really? I mean, I guess there is, but I don't think there is even norms in the same same way as like the IQ test. There's norms. Well, in the projective that I gave, there there were norms. It's like you'd look for themes. So like, yeah, you might say in this picture, like you'd have someone tell a story about a picture. And like, in this picture, what's typical is that there are anger themes, you know, maybe three times. Oh, and yeah, like, I guess there are norms. For if that, yeah. you have, you know, a kid who's just like, talks about a picture and says violent things like 20 times, then that's like, like outside, the, outside norm. the norm. Yeah, I guess there are norms for that. Andrew, well, uh, one of another really famous person that developed, although no longer uses an ink plot, Mr. Bidet, M- not Bidet, <laughs> Mr. Bidet, uh, oh. the famous for the IQ test. Yeah. The early IQ tests used to have ink plots uh, uh, yeah. as a way to test creativity and imagination. Hmm. I can see it being a, a more effective assessment for like divergent thinking. It's just, it's like a visual spatial kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could see it more helpful to be like, all right, here's a picture. Give me as many different things you see as possible. How come every time we record, I ha- by the end, I have to pee so bad. We're just, we're, we're at the end. I have my, um, I have my clock set to the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> my biological clock. <laughs> yeah. Your, bi- your biological clock is ticking. Uh, any parting words? partying words partying words party on um just that um i just have some advice for people what's that if you are going if you want a long run you should just circle your neighborhood not like run if you're going to run six miles don't run three miles away from your neighborhood and then three miles back why is that you you might have an emergency that you need a bathroom for and then you have to go to a cvs and then you realize you have to then take an uber home <laughs> Yes, exactly. And then you tell the Uber driver uh, (laughs) that you rolled your ankle and that's why you're taking an Uber home, not because of diarrhea. And then when you get home, you have to pretend to limp because you uh, don't want the Uber driver to give you a low rating because you think that they, you think that they think you lied. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So just, uh, just a word of advice. Hypothetical advice in case it ever happens to any of you. You never know when that tummy, the tummy bubbles are going to happen. You don't know when uh, when Tommy Bubbles is going to show up and really ruin your day and ruin that bathroom at the CVS. What about you? Any parting partying words? Um um not really. Uh happy to be back. This felt good. I'm all loose and limbered. Yeah. Uh to everyone out there, uh, it's it's the cold season. We're almost at the COVID finish line, so just stay strong and, and help each other and be kind and and learn a lot and read books. Love is love. Love is love is love. Um, 
make a sourdough bread and then share it with your neighbors and you know it's all that good stuff okay watch the mandalorian season it's great laugh yeah eat this bless this mess god bless this mess sometimes i wake up grumpy sometimes (laughs) let him sleep uh drive sometimes she wakes herself up drive like your dog is god and uh dog is my co-pilot jerry minor is a major crime in uh, that i'll just explain that last one if you're if you're still here if you're still tuned in if you're still here if you ever drive in california um from la to san francisco or the opposite way san francisco to la you have to drive through the central valley of california and um it's very rural that no one says that i just did and um there's just there's some different types of people out there um i guess people who need billboards like sex with a minor is a major crime billboards yeah. lots there's actually a billboard near uh the military base near a house that says that sex with a major is a minor crime <laughs> it's not that big of a deal <laughs> why is that a crime at all i mean if he's married or she's married mm. all right we got we we did it. We, we did it in time. We have two minutes left. And what do we say now? Okay, I love, I love you. you. Bye. Bye. We should just also say we probably should have said this up front, but um, Zeus, our dog is acting. This is not what I wanted to we say. We should but probably say this up front. Our dog is acting weird. <laughs> our dog is acting like he killed my scrunchie. He's. <laughs> Doing that dog thing where he dives and rubs his back on it.